Welcome to the Church Intention Podcast, powered by the King's University and Gateway Church. This is a place to have healthy conversations about areas of tension in the church and the intentions of the church. To dive deeper into the conversation and for more content, visit churchintention.com. Now let's join the King's University president, Dr. John Chesteen, for this episode of Church Intention. Well, hey, welcome back to the podcast, our Church Intention listeners. We're so excited for today's podcast. Before we jump on that, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, hey, get on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Give us a review. Uh, Let us know how we're doing. We would love to hear your feedback. You can also go to a website called churchintention.com where we have resources, we have articles, uh, we have things to help you uh, that even continue the conversations that we're having on this podcast. So we're excited that you're with us, and uh, today we're going to be talking to a really good friend of mine. Uh, He and I share uh, a pastor. Uh, Both Jimmy Witcher and I are uh, sharers of Pastor Jimmy uh, Evans, Mm -hmm. and uh, we both met mutual Pastor Jimmy in introduced us, actually. That's right. Uh, Jimmy Evans is the senior pastor of Trinity Fellowship Church in Amarillo, Texas. The uniqueness of Pastor Jimmy is that he has not always been a pastor. None of us have, but Pastor, <laughs> none of us were always a pastor. Uh, but Pastor Jimmy has such a unique background, uh, a former businessman, uh, was it gained extensive leadership experience while managing uh, product development, international sales, corporate marketing. Uh, he's been a CEO. He's been a COO. And now he's a pastor. What's wrong with you, Imagine Jimmy? that. <laughs> uh, I love Jimmy. I love his wife, Kim. They're so awesome. I love hanging out with them. They've been married for more than 30 years. They have three children, and now they are empty nesters. That's right. Everybody got married. 14 months, all How, kids got married. What's that like? It's amazing. <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. Your kids won't listen to this podcast. You can tell them, everybody, what it's really like. To <laughs> oh, no, I've told them. I've told them it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Uh, Pastor Jimmy's also wrote a book recently called Kingdom Come, Heaven on Earth. I would highly encourage you to get that book on Amazon. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be with you, John. First of all, I love you, man. Um, great I to be love you too. I'm excited for our listeners to learn from you, to hear uh, the stuff that's going on uh, in your heart and in your church and the vision that God's given you, uh, because this is a really hard times to be a pastor. What a crazy season, man. Right? Crazy season. So, so... Take us back to that moment that you first kind of heard about COVID and, you know, things started shutting down. What did that feel like as a pastor? Well, you know, it's fascinating. You were even talking about our kids getting married. So, you know, we had three kids that got married in 14 months and our daughter got married last November. And literally we get back from that wedding. She got married in Washington, D.C. We get back from that wedding and our youngest says he's ready to propose. And we're like, come on, man, give us a, give us a little space here. You know, we just finished this. Space out the expense. And uh, yeah, and he's like, we want to get married on leap day, February 29th. And we said, no, I don't do it. You know, let's go to May. Give us a little space. And we try and they said, no, February 29th. And we're so glad they did because literally wow. got married Weeks. on February 29th. They got back from their honeymoon on Sunday and on Wednesdays when everything shut down. Wow. And uh, and so it's just been How crazy. does that work if you're married on leap day? When is your anniversary? Well, it, it's every four years is uh, is the deal. And so I think we have some other friends that got married on leap day. That's so they, crazy. They, they have a kind of a, a small anniversary, you know, on the day before or after, and then they take a trip uh, every four years. So that's strategic years, so. from the man because you it only really have to is. buy a gift once every four years. Yeah. Is that how that works? Well, what it really comes if you're an Enneagram person, <laughs> Blaze is an Enneagram four. So you had to get married on some weird day, you know, that yeah. made it really unique. So, so Also, listeners, you have to, you have to hear uh, 
Tell them the names of your children. You guys are you guys have the coolest <laughs> names of any kids I've ever heard. Well, you know, we're named Jimmy and Kim, so we had to have something unique, you know, <laughs> so our kids would stand out. So our daughter is named Knox. Uh, our, uh, our our son is named Jas, J-A-S, and then our youngest is named uh, Blaze. So, so my son's name is Jace. So the first time you told me your son's name, Jazz, I was like, oh, yeah, we, we got the – no, that's different. different <laughs> and Blaze. Blaze. Is that because you used to watch American Gladiator? It is. And, exactly. And no. one of those was called no. Blaze? It was really – it was, you know, not to super spiritualize it, but Kim, when we were trying to decide his name, Lily heard from the Lord and said he will blaze with the glory of the Lord. That so we decided to so call him cool. Blaze. So I love that name. Yeah. What's his middle name? Uh, John. It's actually Blaze is his middle. It's John Blaze. Oh, John Blaze. John okay. Blaze. I don't like it as much now. I think it should be his first name. <laughs> Let's right. jump into the topic. So I don't know how we got off on that, but we were talking about the emotions or the thoughts that you yeah. were going through when you started tying together the thought of COVID coming on right. and the effects that it's going to have on Trinity. Right. Like what was, what, what was you sensing? What was you feeling? Was it angst? Was it nervousness? Was it, you know what, God's got this and probably all of all yeah, those. all the above. <laughs> and I'm sure it's like every pastor, yeah. you know, out there that's going through. You know, there's kind of this acute moment mm-hmm. where you're realizing something serious is going on. Yeah. And now you're just, you know, are we going to shut down services? Or are we not? What are we going to do? How's this going to work? Yeah. And so we dove kind of into that. So you're kind of in the firefighting mode, you yeah. know, for the first couple of weeks. And then it was a okay, where do we go from here, and how do we stabilize a congregation? So yeah. and I'm, I'm just like I know you did, John. I listened yeah. to your message, and so it's, you know, when we when we preach to our congregation when we're leading a congregation. It's like, we're not going to lead with fear. Yeah. We're going to embrace, you know, what God's doing, but we're going to be wise. And how do we do that? And, yeah. and and to get that communication out. But then as you begin to realize, hey, this thing's going on for a while. Yeah. What, how do we, how do we process this? And, and how do we make the transition? And the, the thing that was such a blessing for us as a church is we had actually begun uh, a strategic plan the year before, yep. creating a thing that we just made up a name just to have an internal name called Omnichannel, which mm-hmm. was digitally connecting with both our congregation and our community. So the the beauty of it was we actually had Omnichannel starting to run, and so it was an opportunity for us to just put that in the front and really begin to run with that. So, so you already had some systems up and going in a sense that yeah, you could kind of switch over exactly. pretty quick. Exactly. How many weeks were you guys closed? Because we're recording this podcast around mid-August. Right. You guys are meeting now yes. in person. Uh, and I know there's, I'm asking you to do math off the cuff here. You probably don't know that, but approximately. I can tell you the date. So oh, perfect. I, yeah. Okay. I, I know. So I know we shut down that second week of March when everybody yep. else did. Yeah. Uh, we had our church on Thursday night as regular and then did not come together on Sunday. And then our first Sunday back was Pentecost. It was May 31st. Gotcha. So May we, 31st. we went back on May 31st. And uh, you'll appreciate this. And the very first weekend, we had a COVID hit at our main service. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had our, we had our oh, service man. and, uh, you know, we had a 4,000 seat room with 800 people in it. Yeah. And uh, the city called us on Tuesday and said, hey, you had somebody that was positive. We're like, great. Well, let us know where they were sitting. They're like, oh, no, no. HIPAA laws. We can't tell you if it was a male or a female, what door they came oh, in. I said, no. well, what do you want us to do? Well, we want you to let everybody know that was there. Well, how am I going to? Yeah, I'm going to track down which of the 800. So we just told the whole church, hey, there was somebody here that had COVID, yeah. and uh, and there was probably somebody at Lowe's that you went to today, and there that might have been COVID somebody too. at the store. And right. you know, but when we go out, we're going out at our own risk, and we haven't had a problem since. So did they mandate masks in Amarillo at some point? Well, we just the with the or? state of Texas, you know, we're yeah. tracking along with the state, yeah. and uh, you know, and and I think as best as I can tell, everywhere I've been. Everybody has a mask somewhere right. on their person. Right. Uh, maybe it's what under the, their nose, under their chin, in their yeah. pocket. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much how it's going for us too. So, what what was kind of your philosophy? Because there's there's a lot of pastors out there right now that 
aren't meeting still, right? Because uh, they can't, right? You know. And so, what was kind of your philosophy when you were trying to decide whether to open or not? I, th- I know this is a really touchy point for for some, yeah. And it's a it's such a dividing thing, right? Mm-hmm. Everything right now is so divisive uh, and so polarizing. Um, but what was kind of some of your philosophy yeah. and your team as you guys process through it? What right. what made you say, you know what, we need to open? Well, so when we first approached the whole COVID thing, what we said was, is we're going to do faith with wisdom. So we're not going to respond in fear, but we're going to respond in faith, but we're going to do it with wisdom. Yeah. And so part of that was, you know, we never closed our office. We never stopped meeting together as a staff. Yeah, uh, We did that all the way through. And we opened up our childcare. You know, when when all the schools shut down, it put a huge burden on the healthcare system. And so we opened up our childcare uh, five days a week, eight to six, for all of the healthcare workers, for all the city, uh, key city officials um, and the key infrastructure folks and all the first responders. So that we, I mean, our childcare ran constantly uh, all the way through. To as, the a end of as a ministry. As a ministry. Yeah, free, free childcare for wow. all those. So we, we kept moving as a church and kept going forward. Our outreaches, uh, you know, our food outreaches have increased. I mean, I think uh, I was saying that uh, to our congregation, as of before this week, last week we'd given out 195,000 meals Wow! Uh, since uh, since March, since wow. this thing started. So we just kept going as a church. And we just knew when we were coming together. Uh, and, and on May 31st, we opened up child care uh, and just started meeting and just said, hey, we're just going to keep going forward and going forward in faith and doing what we believe God's called us to do. You know, N.T. Wright wrote a great book on the, I think it's N.T., it's on the, yep. the church and the pandemic that I, that I highly recommend. Wow. But one of the things he talked about in there was, you know, it was the church that responded to the plague. It was the church, mm. you know, because as Christians, we shouldn't be afraid of death. Yeah. And uh, and so it was the Christians that embraced mm. what was going on. The and risk. that's kind of been, you know, kind of been our approach. That's great. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pastors who we may hear announcing that we're not going to start church till next year. Or we're not going to start yeah. church till whenever, whenever that may be. There's this whole idea that pastors who are saying, well, we don't want to meet again until we can have normal church, right? Yeah. And whatever normal church is. And so there's this, this, attitude or this perception or this philosophy of well we're gonna we're just gonna wait until right. everybody comes back. What are your thoughts on is everybody ever gonna come no, back? No. It's never coming back. <laughs> and I mean that so right. I, I'm I, I, with all my heart. It is yes. never the past is gone. Yeah. And it's never coming. And you know one of the things yeah. that and and this is I, I assume this is a podcast to pastors, right? So maybe we can go a little bit, you know, I, I wouldn't say this from the yeah. pulpit. I actually think the uh, the the pandemic, which I know has been terrible, and there's been lives that have been lost and affected a lot of folks. You know, all of us have people in our congregations who've been yeah. affected by COVID very negatively. Um, but I believe we're going to look back five years and say this is one of the best things that ever happened to the church, mm, because the church, certainly in America, has been struggling for the last couple of decades anyway. Yeah. I mean, you look at whatever church is dealing with. You know, you and I've talked about this long before COVID. You know, declining attendance frequency. You know, all across the board. Uh, congregants coming, their attendancy, their regular attendance has been declining as lives have gotten busier and they've been able to connect in different ways. Uh, we've seen the graying of the of the American church. You know, yeah. where it's just getting older. The younger generations aren't connecting; they're not being a part. Yeah. And then the thing that scares me the most uh, is the lack of evangelism. You yeah. know, I think uh, Bryce Brooks puts out a quote that basically eighty percent of churches in America are in decline. Mm. And of the twenty percent that are growing, only 17 percent are growing by basically, you know, up in their game, doing better worship, getting a better preacher, yeah. you know, sheep swapping. That's what and I was about to say. Less than three percent are growing by evangelism. So wow. you got a church that is 
declining attendance frequency, not having the the graying out because uh, they're getting older, not getting the younger generation, and then not growing by evangelism. I mean, COVID is a great opportunity for us to shift, to yeah. change our strategy, and yeah. to go and to go in a different direction. Yeah, it gives us permission to do things that we may have been afraid to do in the past. Absolutely. You know, I was just meeting here with some some of our pastors from our association of churches. And I was telling them, you know, we, we had a guy about 20 years ago, a uh, healthy early 20s guy, played on our church softball team, got hit in the head with a softball. Mm. And they took him to the hospital trying to make sure he didn't have a bleeder and a concussion or anything like that. But they scanned his brain and found a, a tumor. But it was so small, it hadn't affected him. And so it was easy to surgery, easy to take out, easy to fix. And he's perfectly fine today. I, I actually think COVID, in a sense, is the softball mm. to the head of the church. That's so good. Because it's allowing us to go, okay, wait a minute. Let's, 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 I mean, obviously, we got to deal with the pandemic. It's going to be with us for another few months, it looks like, at least. Yeah. But I think five years from now, we're going to look back and see, no, this was the opportunity for us to make serious adjustments to the church and be able to really engage in what God's calling us to. So a lot of what I want to dig in today uh, is what your church not is going to do, but is doing. And yeah. what I love about the story of Trinity Fellowship is uh, this is something that God put on your heart before COVID was ever even a thought. Right. Uh, and I want you to walk us through because you begin to see some of these stats that you're just, you know, uh, giving us about the church decline and, mm -hmm. and all these sort of things was before COVID. Oh, yeah. And so you and your elders and your leadership started processing through some of this, and you guys really had some, let's call it what it is, pretty radical ideas yeah. for the future of the church. And you guys, like you're saying, you were already beginning to put some of this in place when before COVID hit. And then COVID kind of gave you guys this slap on the rear to say, exactly. let's do this fast. Well, or permission. You know, it's uh, right. what I'm doing now is everything I can, I want to blame it on COVID. We're changing because of <laughs> yeah, COVID. It's so all COVID's true. fault. It's not me. It's not me making decisions. It's, it's COVID. So we got to change. COVID is like the proverbial, you know, little brother that we can blame everything exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you get a limited window of opportunity so you know, to blame it all on COVID. So walk us through that. Like, how did that start? And yeah. we're going to get into the specifics of what that is in just a minute. Okay. And this is so important for pastors to hear, because I think every pastor I talk to is like, we know it's changing. Yeah. We, we know it'll never be the same, but we have no idea yeah. what to do. Right. What I love about what you're doing is you're going for it. You mm -hmm. know, you're not saying I may be, I may be wrong. I may be right. But we're we're pulling the trigger. We're going for it, and I so applaud that, and I so honor that. Uh, take us back to that when that started in your yeah. heart. So that that really started a good eighteen months ago, and it started when we recognized primarily that we're not getting the younger generation. When I say younger generation, I mean kind of the thirty mid thirties and down. I mean we have some, but we're constantly getting older, and it's like why aren't we being able to really effectively pastor that generation? And so we looked at it and we're talking about it. And then we start looking also at how people learn. And, you know, we believe that there are principles of the church that never change. And we're, you know, I'm preaching a series right now on transformation to the congregation, kind of helping them. And we're going through Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, where, you know, they, the church was built upon the apostles' teaching yeah. and the gathering together and the communion and the house to house and all that. You yeah. know, those are practices or principles that I think are constant, but the practices, the way that's applied, I think have to change yep. in our on our on our current uh, society to reach this current generation, and so we began to say, okay, how are people learning? And one of the things that's obvious is, you know, and I, I did this survey in our congregation. I said, how many of you, if you had to learn something new, how many of you would read a book? And then you know, had them raise their hand. And I said, right, how many of you would rather watch a YouTube? 
you know, and hundred percent everybody, yep. everybody would much rather watch a five minute video yep. to learn something new than go read a book. Yeah. And, uh, and, and this is, you know, maybe a little bit shocking what I'm about to say, but if you go back to the Reformation, you know, Martin Luther, 1517, nailing his thesis to the wall, yeah. a couple of fascinating things about that. Number one, you know, he, he brought us grace through faith, which was incredible, but he was doing that against the indulgences of the Catholic church. And the second thing that he did is he brought the Bible. He basically said, if we could get a Bible in everybody's hand, Mm. Then they could learn to disciple themselves, mm. and it would eliminate this power, you know, that yeah. kind of the church had yeah. over the over the individual believer. And what's fascinating is the invention of the printing press happened in the city that Martin was at. Mm. And so you can, if you want an interesting Google, just Google Martin Luther and the printing press. He was the first best-selling author. He was the first one to leverage the modern technology. Mm. to get his message out and bring about a reformation. Mm. And literally the way we've done church for 500 years was based on that. him yeah. and, and, and his contemporaries embracing the printing press. Yeah. And so that led to you know, teaching and teaching people the Bible. And I'm going to, you know, you're King's University. You're all about teaching people how to, how to, how yeah. to learn the Bible. Yeah. And yet Jesus, when he gave his great commission, he didn't say, go and teach people the Bible. He goes, goes and teach them what I commanded you. That's good. And, uh, and I think sometimes we've substituted those two concepts. Yeah. And so it leads us to want to teach, which I'm all about teaching the Bible. Don't get me wrong. I love teaching the Bible. Mm -hmm. But we recognize that if we're going to teach a new generation, we have to teach them what Jesus commanded and, and not necessarily just teach you know, how to study the Bible, how to read the Bible, that sort of thing. And so that led us to think, okay, we've got to start reaching out into our community differently. And another thing that uh, is, is an awareness that we had is that all of the marketers in the world are using technology in a way the church isn't. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had this scary event the other day. I, I bought this shirt, uh, and, and Kim got real upset for me buying it because it was, it was from a, a company that said uh, Crazy Bunny. I'll, I'll use that. I won't use the actual <laughs> brand name. But I said Crazy Bunny, you know, and it's yeah. got this psycho-looking uh, logo. Yeah. And, uh, and sure enough, she gets on her Instagram feed an ad for that company because they're listening to everything that we say. Right. right? I mean, all of us have experienced Isn't that weird? This. Like it, if my wife and I are talking about something, exactly. it'll pop up on my Instagram. It just shows up. Yeah. But yet as the church, we're not using that. I mean, right. what if we what if we went into every home in our region that used the word divorce, mm -hmm. or if we found every home that had children, you yeah. know, and there was a parenting issue? I mean, we there's so much yeah. data out yeah. there that we could tap into as the church, and and one of the things that I think is shifting radically is we have had an invitation culture mm -hmm. where our church has been about if I can invite you know invite them to church, invite them yep. to church, invite yep. them to church. So we had what we would call a worship a celebration service centric service. In other words. The mission and model of the church was built around if I have good enough worship, if I have good enough preaching, good enough yep. children's care, and I can invite people to come, they will come and by in coming on that Sunday morning or whenever we meet, we'll win them over. We'll win them over and yeah. we'll be able to minister to them. And yep. that worked when we had a Christian ethos as a nation. Yep. But now we got to go get them. Yeah, that's good. And uh, and the way to go get them is to get into their homes and and get into their lives and be able to reach out and get them. So that's what we started 18 months ago. It was like, okay, how do we do that? Yep. So we hired a marketing firm. We began to invest uh, significant dollars in, in not just social media, but all the background and all the things mm -hmm. that go into that, trying to learn how can we go out, yeah. grab people, and then have a, a content engine that is driving content to them that, that we can go get them. And, and so, so we believe the cell phone is the printing press of the day, is, mm. the, is the bottom line. It's how we're going to go get 
this next generation and just learning how to leverage it. So let's let's talk about some of those um, specifics that you're doing that mm-hmm. COVID has given you permission to do. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this, I encourage you to go to Trinity's podcast or website and watch this series called Transformation because what he's doing in this series is he's introducing the vision of where right. he's taking the church. And so I want to talk about that too, that you can't just start something without casting vision. No, for no, it. no. You got to lead people through. Right. So you're in the process of doing that. But let's just let's just go down to the brass tacks. What are you doing? Okay. So what we believed is the old model of church was like we just said, invite them in. And so it was a singular discipleship driver. So the one driver of making a disciple was we bring them in. Yeah. So now we have six drivers of discipleship. So we we're trying to build six different ways. And we believe that if we can connect with any individual on at least two different drivers, we can move them towards discipleship. So instead of it being a linear path as we've traditionally had, it's yep. much more of a, you know, as one of our staff said, a spaghetti you know path. There's yep. lots of different ways to get to the same objective. So one of those drivers is what we're calling omnichannel. And so it is our multimedia, you know, social media, all those ways. And it's multi-level. So we have a Bible cast, uh, which is me trying to teach people how to read the Bible mm-hmm. and have a quiet time. So I do it Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m., live on Facebook. It's raw. You know, I've got a hat on because I haven't taken a shower, I haven't brushed my <laughs> yeah, teeth. You know, yeah. uh, Sometimes I you know, haven't talked yet, so I had to clear my throat. But we just it's, a, it's no longer than 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and we're just going through books of the Bible, verse upon verse upon verse, Apply, mm-hmm. you know, just like I would do in a quiet time, reading it, yeah. applying it, praying, and then uh, going to the next day. And uh, so we do that. We've created a high-quality YouTube channel where we're putting out YouTube content that is really taking theological concepts like baptism, Holy Spirit baptism, Mm -hmm. tithing, worship, you know, all of the classics and breaking it down into an entertaining, highly produced YouTube video. So, you know, on the water baptism, you know, there's an interruption where Nacho Libre, you know, is baptizing El Skeletor. (laughs) You know, you have not been baptized, you know, in in a minute. So, so again, going after a very targeted age group to try to keep it entertaining for them. Uh, we're doing a podcast, trying to reach out to our congregation so that we can connect with them. You know, one of the big shifts, if you go back to Acts chapter 242, you know, it says that they were uh, part of the apostles' teaching. Well, I feel like part of what we're separating in this season is the apostles' teaching principle is now going to go through multiple channels instead of it being the preacher preaching for 30 minutes on a Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah. And so now they can get the apostles' teaching in different ways, mm-hmm. and that frees us up then to make our gatherings an experiential gathering about encountering yeah. God, hearing the Holy Spirit, things that you don't translate well over online. You know, the thing about a live service is if it's three songs, little ministry moment, and then 40, 30, 40 minutes of, of, a, of a preacher, that translates really well online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it actually, you know, you know what it's like when you're raising kids and trying to get them to church. Sometimes that might even be preferable yeah. without COVID. Right. You know, it's just easier right. with our kids at home to, right. you know, to engage online. But to have a, an encounter with the Holy Spirit, mm. you know, that's a whole different thing. And so we're separating out ultimately the, mm. the apostles' teaching from the online service. So that's the omni-channel, just trying to get, and that's where we're going to start. We're marketing, yep. reaching out to all the words of divorce. Actually, I think right now we have an ad campaign uh, that's running, looking for the word divorce uh, so in, uh, in every family, and then putting up ad content and then driving those people that are responding to that ad content, driving them to one of our content platforms and really reaching out in our community to folks. Um, and then, so that's the, the omni-channel. Then we're doing an infiltration engine, which okay. is where we're actually uh, creating leaders where we're trying to figure out how do we find leaders who are going out into the community reaching their friends, finding the influencers, equipping them to quickly get them on board so that they can begin to 
create small group content. We're using Alpha as one of our primary platforms, but we've got others, Marriage on the Rock, you know, Pastor Jimmy's yep. material for yep. married couples. Creating opportunity, though, for influencers within our communities to be able to reach their friends outside the church. So gathering in homes, gathering in restaurants, you know, gathering together and and reaching the folks that haven't been reached before and being very intentional about that. We've actually just hired that position uh, of a, basically hiring an evangelist to oversee mm. that uh, entire thing. You know, we were just at our TFAC deal that we just had with senior pastors. We recognized, you know, using the, the from business terminology, we're going from a marketing concept to mm-hmm. a sales centered concept. Wow. You know, because you realize marketing is what we've done, inviting, come, yep. come to our thing, and then it's going to be awesome. Well, now we got to do sales, which means we got to go out, we got to make sales yeah. calls, we got to, you yeah. know, you got to be very intentional about going out at. and meet yeah. them where they're at. Yeah. And so that's, the infiltration engine. Hmm. Uh, and then the other thing we're doing is a Wednesday night encounter service, which is much more of just experiential, same yeah. sort of thing, coming and experiencing Holy Spirit in a way that you can't. So all of these different facets are working together. So, to make, and then of course, changing the Sunday morning service. Yeah, that's itself. what I want to talk about Sunday morning because, you, you know, I want you guys to hear what he's saying uh, in the practicality of, yeah. Cause I think Sunday morning is where a lot of, a lot of us pastors get get caught up in. Yeah. Right? I love that you're going outside of Sunday mornings. That Sunday morning is a is a complement to what you're doing through Omni Channel and all right. of these other things you're doing. Sunday isn't necessarily the you know Super Bowl Sunday that it may yes. have used to be. Exactly, it was right. all about Sunday, and we right. forgot about everything else. And Sunday's critically important, but I love how you're introducing a new um, plan for Sunday morning. So walk us through that. Yeah. So what we're doing on Sunday morning, I do think it's important what you're saying too, John, though, that the, the, all these go together. Yeah. So we're, we're able to kind of de-emphasize some things on Sunday morning because we're bolstering it uh, yeah. in so many different other channels. Yeah. But on Sunday morning, so we're going to do a nine o'clock service, which we're calling a traditional service. Again, part of change, I would change it all, but I recognize not everybody's ready for that kind of change. Sure. And so, you know, there's a, a certain group of the congregation, they want their three songs their ministry time yep. and their 30 minutes of, of word. Yep. So we're going to do that traditional service at night. And their free coffee. And their free coffee, yes. yes. Don't yes. forget the free coffee. Their COVID free coffee. <laughs> and donuts. <laughs> so we're, we, at 9 o'clock will be normal. Uh, and then at 10.15, we're doing what we're calling sessions. And so these 10.15 sessions are where we're going to have a prayer session where you can go get prayer. Because again, with COVID, it's been challenging to you know have people come down for yeah, prayer. Yeah. But it allows us, again, and I, I encourage all pastors, do change, blame it on COVID. You know, it's yeah. a great thing to do. So we'll have, we'll have prayer times, we'll have a prophetic uh, session, we'll have a healing session, and it also will free us up to have all kinds of small groups and that sort of thing, depending on each campus's space availability. But then the other session that we're going to have is I'm going to have a teaching session. So mm-hmm. in the main worship center, I will teach to all of our campuses, but where I had 30 minutes to give the message at nine, now I've got 45 minutes and we're actually going to create a text line. So it's interactive. I'm going to answer questions, engage. Uh, I hope to have my computers so I can have my Logos software. So if somebody asks a question, I can mm-hmm. just go off the flat. So it, so re-giving Deeper the message, dive, yeah. but doing it in an interactive format huh. and allowing people to engage uh, with me directly on that. But that will not be online. That will only be for gotcha. those who come. So the only thing that's online Sunday morning is your 9 a.m. That's right. 9 a.m. is the your traditional tr- service. It's the new you, traditional. The new right? traditional, right. So what was once the progressive has now become the traditional. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that's a big part of what we're going to see. We're going to look back. 10 years from now, and the way we've done church for the last 10 years right. is the new traditional. That's exactly right. And so your your 9 o'clock is the quote-unquote traditional service. Then at 10.15 are kind of these breakouts. Right, sessions, if and you will. And then mm-hmm. 11? 
And then at 11.15, 11.15. we're actually going to start at 11 with a little soaking kind of session. Yeah. Uh, but it's we're going to have a an experience, and it's going to be a dramatically different service than people have ever encountered before. Hmm. So, I mean, we're doing lighting different, sound different. I mean, you're experiencing it like you're going into a, a you know a concert, you know, kind of having mm-hmm. that kind of setup. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have extended worship. So it's going to be an experiential service. Again, not on not online. It's something you got to be there to experience. But extended worship, a little more flow in worship. Uh, we've got 10 minutes of time baked in, not necessarily together, for prophetic flow. Mm. Uh, so there's an encounter. And then the Word, we're doing what we call a single-point sermon. So you're going to have 10 minutes, no more than 10 minutes, for a single-point sermon. So we'll take the message that was you know, 30 minutes long and yeah. turn it into an Uber text talk, you know, text, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, a TED Talk TED type. Talk, yeah short nugget format, single point sermon. Where in you between get, songs. In between a couple of songs, probably still have music playing behind, keep the keep the flow going. Yeah, yeah. Of course, end with communion uh, at all services. and But just getting rid of that long 35-minute sermon mm-hmm. and making the purpose encountering God, not the purpose of just coming in here and the preaching so preach. So the, the, the thing at 1015 is kind of your breakouts – what some may be familiar with, like an equip class, you get all these different options. Exactly. You can go to this one or this one, or you can go to hear the sermon again, but the right. extended cut, the, the right. director's cut, right? So, uh, what do you? You're launching this on what date? Uh, August twenty third. August twenty third. Very soon. So very soon. So, what do you anticipate? Do you think? Do you do you think people are going to come to the nine, linger around, go to the ten fifteen breakout, and then maybe even linger around for the eleven fifteen experiential? Like, do you have any? theories yeah. of what people are going to do? What, what I actually think, I mean, I think there's going to be tire kicking. You know, there'll be a tire kicking season. Yeah. I believe people, certainly our target demographic for the future, I believe is going to settle in on the 11, hmm. uh, that 11, 15, because they, they want an experience. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you look at this generation it's true. and what they want, they want to have an experience. They yeah. want they want to experience God yeah. and they're used to getting their content through so many different channels. And so, I love it because I think, you know, Every person experiences God differently. Right. You know, some people go to nature. Some people, you know, everybody kind of has their own. And even in the church, people go to different churches for different flares and different feelings. Right. You're kind of saying if you want the traditional, what you're used to, come to nine. If you're a in depth thinker, you want to go right. deep into theology. Let's go to one of those mid sessions. If you're experiential, and maybe one Sunday I want to go deep, and the next Sunday I want to go experiential. Right. So you're giving this, you know. So uh, I love it, and I think. Every pastor needs to wrestle with this uh, for their congregation. But let's talk about challenges. Um, yes. What are some of the biggest challenges in this? Uh, you had to have reallocated money. Yes. When you started thinking through this from a budget perspective, you had been doing church for one one way for years. Um, you had to begin to rethink and reallocate and maybe even lay people off. I don't know what what you had to walk through there. But every pastor, at least I'm thinking through this, what, what do I need to do as a pastor and my first questions start up. Well, I love it, but how? Yes. Like, how do I do? How do I do? I have to lay people off and then hire because I don't have that many people on my video team. I don't know how to do video. I don't. I don't right. have that many cameras. I don't have. Um, so, how did you walk through that part of it? Yeah. Well, part of it is you got to start, and and that was one of the things that I saw with our team is we have to start. So certainly, I think every church needs to look at their budget and figure out how do I reallocate funds towards the media side mm-hmm. because clearly that's important and, and huge. Hopefully yeah. by now everybody's figured out how to get their services online in right. an effective manner. 
If they haven't, they're probably not alive. It's probably not going to make it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But everybody's figured that. But just take it the next step. You know, you got to keep learning. And as pastors, we have to learn an entirely new set of skills. Yeah. I mean, it's totally different. You know, just podcasting and doing things live is totally different than preaching on a Sunday. You know, and so I've had to learn how to, you know, use the podcasting materials. I've had to learn how to be a producer. I've had to learn how to edit video. You know, I had to learn all these things Mm. because it's just part of making the process happen. Mm. And so we got to make an investment and then we, and, in both finances, got to invest in some people, yeah. and we've got to make sure that we have to be uh, investing in ourselves. We got to learn a whole new set of skills, and and part of it too is recognizing what this generation wants is a rawness yes. that we're not used to. You yeah. know, and a lot of us pastors, we're used to being polished. You know, people see us on Sunday. Mm. You know, we're looking our best. We're shaved. We're ready to go. You know, and I'm up on stage preaching my message that I've worked on for hours, which is great. But what most people want is they want the raw. You know, I, I, all the time I get that people love that I do the Bible cast without taking a shower. You know, yep. they know that I put on a hat put because a I just got out of bed. A t-shirt. My yeah. hair's a mess, uh, and they love it. Yeah. You know, and they they love that authenticity. So just kind of some of it is even getting rid of some of the paradigms that we've had, uh, and just really embracing it. And COVID's actually given a given a uh, it's done a lot of things, obviously. But there's also like this grace that's been given on production Absolutely. value. Like I can grab my phone and just put it up in front of my face. I do these, you know, weekly or biweekly or or whatever that whatever is happening in the moment. Yeah, where I'll just pull out my phone and shoot a video for the staff. Absolutely. Hey guys, how you doing? Love you. And and so I think for pastors out there, you don't need to get bogged down with I can't afford a five thousand dollar camera. Exactly. I can't, aff- I can't afford to bring on a full time producer. Like what you're saying, start somewhere. Yeah. And uh, and there's a grace, you know. In production right now, well, and it's it, almost better. It's, be- it's not almost. It is best. I'm saying yeah. it is better. Yeah. yeah, people love that kind of rawness. Yeah, they love to see their pastor as a real human being, exactly, and not a polished person that they can never attain to become. Exactly right. So I love that. Um, what would be some of your biggest things you, you had to overcome to get where you know you're about to launch? What were some of the hardest parts? To well, overcome? probably the biggest challenge that we found is just momentum. You know, because when you're starting something new, the the it's amazing how much our church paradigms are built around events. So, and, and I'm including the Sunday morning as one of our main events. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pastors are trained. You know, I get ready for Sunday. Everybody is planning on you know the event, or it's a men's night, or you know women's night. All the things that we used to do, all the energy that got put into events now is being shifted towards, well, we don't have events. I mean, it's COVID. We're not doing that. We, we have what we're doing on the weekend, but a lot of this stuff is shifting. So how do we shift our energy in a different direction and making sure we're being intentional about that? Yeah. Of, of, of saying, no, 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 it's a different direction. And as a leader of an organization, it's amazing how we have to constantly be talking, constantly be teaching, constantly be redirecting because the momentum I mean, we've been doing church, in effect, the same way for 500 years. Yep. I mean, we've got electric guitars now instead of organs, yeah. but pretty yeah. much, you know, yeah. and our lights are a little better, and, you know, yeah. we have chairs instead of pews. Everything else is yeah. about the same. So true. So when you're making a change, just realizing it's a deep change that we're making. And uh, and like I've already said, and the beauty of COVID is we can blame a lot of it on COVID. You yep. know, now's a great opportunity to do change in a, in a time that we couldn't, you know, and it's a short window of opportunity. Yeah. And it's a good excuse and it's truth. Like it, it is, is stuff is changing. That's right. And we either. So what would you say, you know, talk about how you introduce this to the congregation. I think it's important before, as we wrap up here, like you couldn't just get up one day and say, guess what, everyone, we're changing right. everything. 
Right. So what talking to pastors, what's the importance of casting vision before you announce? So when, any, anytime we're making a change of this order of magnitude, I like to cast vision in concentric circles. Mm-hmm. So obviously it starts with the leadership, the elders, all of that. We're all on the same page. Then I gathered together our staff and spent a good bit of time working with the staff. This is where we're going. This is why. This is what's happening. Uh, and then a week later, I gathered all of our dream teamers together on a Zoom call. You know, mm-hmm. So we did a Zoom webinar with all of our volunteers. This is where we're going. This is what's happening. This is the reason for it. You know, just casting vision. And then began to do a seven-week sermon series, six or seven weeks, uh, on transformation with the congregation, breaking all of that into little bits so that we can, you know, slowly move the congregation through. But I like doing it in concentric circles because that way when, you know, when you do it to the dream teamers, the volunteers, they go to the staff members they're connected with and go, man, yeah. what do you think about yep. this? And they can, down. they've had a chance to reprocess and they go, oh, this is gonna be, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. And vice versa. Then you release the congregation, they go to the volunteers they know and they're like, oh, I'm so excited about it. You know, so it yeah. helps build some momentum when you do it in concentric circles. And that's always very important, I think. So if you're out there and you want to hear that, go back, like I said earlier, go, w- listen to that that series that he did. Yeah, you can go to tfc.org and yeah. all of our stuff is there. And you can also go to tfc.org slash media okay. if you just want to see all of the ways we're putting out content just to get some ideas that might spark awesome. some thought for you. And then if you want to see the actual announcement where he you know, pulled that trigger, it was August 9th, right? I think that's right. past Sunday. Yeah. Uh, August the 9th is whenever he kind of laid out. Yeah, the okay, actual guys, details of what we're doing. This is the details of the plan. Uh, what's been the feedback so far that you're hearing? It's been overwhelmingly positive. That's awesome. We, we have not had any negative really Well, I think all. such a big part of that is because most of the pastors that, I've, that, that I'm watching walk through this, it's yeah. either one of two things. Uh, we're going to meet back in person and dadgummit, nobody's going to stop us. Or it's we're going to be online until Jesus comes back, right? Yeah. It's, it's like either or. Um, the future of the church is all online or we're going back to the way it was. And what I love about what you're doing is you're saying, we're going to do both. Yes. We're going to really Embrace focus both. online. And we're going to, for now, we're going to offer the way it's always been for that population of people. So I don't, I think as pastors, we got to think outside the box. And That's think right. It's not either or. For your congregation, you know, as for me and my house, so to speak, what yep. is the best for your culture geographically, culturally, socioeconomic status, whatever right. packages and variables go into that equation. So, okay, we close the podcast with every, in, in the same way every time. I want you to talk to pastors out there. If you had one thing to say to pastors yeah. about this season we're in and what we're going to, like what advice would you give? Absolutely. And with with all, you know, kind of difference to the tragedy that's associated with COVID, I would say this, this is the best opportunity mm. This is, this is literally an opportunity of a lifetime. Wow. And we can see this as a tragedy, which it is, obviously. But the other side of it is, this is giving us an opportunity like we've never seen. So true. And, and I believe deep within me that just on the other side of this is going to be the greatest revival we've mm-hmm. ever experienced in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, the prophets that I talked to are talking about something on the order of magnitude or greater than the Jesus movement. Wow. And so I believe that if we will capitalize on this opportunity, if instead of living kind of in fear, if we begin to embrace it, embrace the change, listen to God, just obey Him, and begin to get our systems and processes in place, we will be ready for the greatest harvest we've ever seen in our lifetime. And so I, I believe five years from now, we're going to look back and say it's the best thing that ever happened to the church. So as we embrace it and embrace it in faith and go forward, I think it's a great opportunity to prepare for what God's about to do. Well, Jimmy, I'm so excited to watch this um, play out in your church. And I just want to say thank you for being a pioneer. You really are. I'm not saying that no other pastor out there is doing anything, 
but I, I don't see any that are going for it to the level at which you're going for it and changing and, and tearing down a system and rebuilding it to be a new thing that could reach the reach. So thank you for being a trailblazer and a pioneer that other pastors could look to both for inspiration, but also guidance. Um, if they want to get in touch with you, I'm going to give them your personal cell. No, I'm kidding. Go for it. But, but tell them how they can, you know, follow you on Instagram or, or what's the best way that they can just kind of jump in and, and embrace and see everything that you're doing. Yeah. They're, they're, they're totally, they can follow us on Instagram yep. and I, I truly don't mind giving out my email address. It's Jimmy Witcher at TFC.org. So it's J I M M Y W I T C H E R at TFC.org. And uh, I'm happy to reach out and visit with any pastor that's, that's, that's interested so awesome in what's going on. Glad to do it, man. Well, thank you listeners for uh, tuning in today. Uh, love each and every one of you. We're praying for you. We're for you. Uh, keep going. Keep plowing the trail. Keep keep uh, keep doing what you're doing for the kingdom of God. Uh, don't forget, uh, give us a rating if you can. Snap a shot of this uh, podcast. Put it on put it on social media. Help us get the word out. Uh, we love you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Church Intention podcast. For more information, visit churchintention.com. The King's University is an accredited, spirit-empowered evangelical university in Southlake, Texas. To learn more, visit tku.edu.